You're listening to The Building Code, your guide for a better way to run your business. I'm Tom Houghton. Hey, Tom. I'm Paul. Hey, Paul. Great chatting with you over uh, Zoom here. Yeah. I thought we'd kind of keep it a little more casual. Sure. In the intro. (laughs) I haven't seen you in a while, both physically (laughs) and virtually. Exactly. It's been weird. Yeah. It's the sign of the times, right? Yeah. I wonder when we're going to look back on this and everybody's just going to, you know, lament about how weird it was. Just, when, it, when did it officially start? So we got we got to make sure we have the parameters. March sure. of 19, or March of 20, sorry. Yeah. March 2020. It's going to be a weird it's, period. It's to felt like on. a year to you. It has. It's felt very, I mean, I'm sure everybody feels this way. It's felt like it's a very long time. Yeah. Eight weeks, of course, basically. I guess we should, we're talking about COVID-19. So well, if yeah. you listen to this in the future. <laughs> if it's the year 2022 and you're listening to this and you- And you somehow, forgot about it. <laughs> then well fantastic. done. Well done yeah. to you. Because I don't think any of us are going to forget it. No way. Awesome. Well, Anywho. Yeah, back to back to what we're here for. We're yeah. here for our great guest. Joining us today is Stacy Ekman, president of Ekman Construction, based in Washington. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Can I also point out like how excited you were to say the word Washington? <laughs> like, is that is this state like hold a place in your heart, Tom? You want to tell the <laughs> listeners about that for some reason? Well, as far as this pandemic goes, it was kind of a hot spot of the pandemic. So I thought this is actually Seattle. Yeah, it was. You know, a well, great. And I live. I actually live in Kirkland, where it's you know it's right outside of Seattle, but that's where that original uh, nursing home was. That the the big outbreak happened. It was within you know, five miles of my house. So wow, we were the center of attention for a little while. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bummer that that's what we were uh, being recognized for, but the only other thing anybody talks about is how much it rains. So we, at least <laughs> yeah. we're in the headlines for something else. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I love, I love Seattle. I, I went there for a short honeymoon. My wife went, but we just went back in October of last year. It's good times for a concert, right? Went for a concert, yeah. yeah. That came up on the other podcast that we we were chatting about that. That was podcast like fifty something. Yeah, hardcore OG listeners will they'll well, know that. They'll reference. know. They'll know the reference. Yeah. Go go find well, it. Bonus points we'll for you se- if you find it. Yeah. Okay, we'll send you some sort of prize. Yeah. <laughs> if you can guess the band. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I guess Stacy, well, it's it's very timely that you had mentioned you're from Kirkland, Washington. Why don't we just start there, Tom? You can correct me, you usually do this, but why don't we start there? I mean, it's COVID-19, it's pandemic, we're in the midst of it. What was it like for your business, but also for the town during sort of that attention, that spotlight you guys had? I mean, for for the town, it was uh I mean, I think so Seattle, uh the Northwest in general is pretty uh science science focused uh so we a lot of people have been paying attention to this um early uh so uh when you know we we actually had the very first reported case in the united states in everett and so once that happened we all kind of started uh paying really close attention and i believe that that was uh, in february even um and so we started really paying close attention and, and kind of preparing and planning on a shutdown and, and all of that. And, you know, we were okay. And everybody follows the rules here pretty well. Um, uh, well a lot of our big, uh, you know, a lot of the companies here are, you know, obviously Google has a huge presence here. Amazon is here. Microsoft's here. Boeing's here. Uh, Facebook has a big, a big presence here. So, 
they all have the ability to work from home. Um, and so we all, the smaller companies that have office space like us, uh, we kind of uh, followed their lead. And so uh, I remember Google really early went to a work from home um, option. And as the next day we did that at Ekman Construction as well. Now the guys in the field um, continued to work, um, but they were outside, they're in their own truck. Uh, so they were able to social distance pretty well. Um, but the office staff, we all went to work from home. And so, you know, it obviously affected us some, but, you know, we did fine. And then when the the big actual shutdown happened where they closed construction, closed all, all business, unless it was essential, uh, we were disappointed because a lot of the country uh, continued to um, uh, call construction, residential construction was still essential work. So in California, they were getting to still, you know, beyond construction sites. Um, and so we were all planning that that was going to happen. And when the governor came on um, and told us that we were non-essential, uh, that, that changed our, our plans. We weren't really planning on shutting down. Um, we were planning on working from home and, and being extra careful. But then, you know, we had 48 hours to close all our job sites down. And uh, we did that. Obviously, it was difficult for our clients. Uh, people are renting houses and paying two mortgages while we're building their homes. And, you know, that's that's a tough spot to be in to tell your client. But um, at the end of the day, you know, our, we've flattened the curve and now construction's back open here. And so, you know, we're pushing forward. Was, was that transition to open back up difficult or what, what, what were some of the things you had to tackle to do that? Yeah, so I followed our, our agencies, our construction building agencies here in the Washington um, are, are very vocal and involved in government, kind of like with anywhere, right? Master Builders Association and, and a few others. And so I would I followed them and I was continually getting email updates from them. Um, and so I was watching pretty close about, because the way they got construction to be the first ones to open back up, they went to the governor's office with a, uh, a plan of how we were going to do it safely. And so as those plans were being made and bounced off the governor and, and continually negotiated, I was watching those closely. So for us in particular, um, we had all our PPE. I ordered all that stuff and got loaded up on masks and hand sanitizer and um, all of those things and then and gloves and glasses and then uh, wash stations. Uh, there, there was a huge shortage in the country of wash stations. So uh, we ordered parts from uh, our plumbing supply house and we made our own um, that just hook up to a, a garden hose. And so we were prepared to open. Uh, it was, it's not the smoothest thing, right? Like getting all your subcontractors to follow the rules and uh, wear the masks and not get reported and um, neighbors taking pictures if you're not wearing your mask. So it's, 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 intensive uh, management of people and you know there's new protocols with you know with the masks and all of that but then also you have to stay six feet apart and sounds fairly easy but 
um, you know, when a couple of guys got to hang a, hang a bank of cabinets and all of a sudden you're like, well, we can't stand six feet apart. What do we do? And so you got to figure out how to do it. And so the inefficiencies are there, um, are, are, you know, showing through and, and it's, it's a little bit inefficient, but you know, we're grateful to be open and doing it. We also have to, every time somebody comes on site every day, uh, we have to take their temperature. We have to record their temperature. We have to write their name, phone number, email down, um, which isn't the hugest deal because uh, we're there monitoring all of it anyways. But you know, some 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 subcontractors uh, they they just don't want their you know some employees of the plumbing company or electricians or whatever that you know they feel like Big Brother's watching, and so it's it's constant management of those those people but you know i'm not complaining glad to be open yeah contact contact tracing is one of those things that i think is probably coming down the pike for every local area like especially on the job site are you using daily logs for that because i know other companies are doing are using our daily log feature just to record who is on the job site and you yeah. know use the use the custom drop down to check off you know the subs that were there or something like that we are we aren't using the drop down, um, but we are we are taking a photo of uh, our handwritten sheet that we use every day on each job site, and we're putting that in each daily log. Yeah, interesting times we live in for sure. I love that you're making do with it. You know, you're just you're just keep moving on. Got a positive attitude about it, and I think that's the best you can do with what we're given right now. Yeah, we, I mean, and ultimately, like we, I decided. A few weeks ago, you know, everybody is so frustrated and, and it's just complain, complain, complain about the current situation. And I just said, hey, look, we're going to let's take this really bad thing that's a burden to, you know, our efficiency and all of that. And like, let's turn it into a marketing opportunity. And so we just went out and said, OK, we're going to be the best at being safe and we're going to be a good neighbor. Everybody's at home. Like people see us on job sites. They see our vans pull up. When we get out of that van, we want to have our face masks on. We don't want to be the one that gets reported to the government. And so, you know, we're sending out postcards and a lot of social media stuff about, you know, how we're, we're, we're safe and we're going to take care of you. We're, you know, our kind of our thing is, you know, we're, but we're, we're your neighbor. We're not just a construction company in town, you know, we're, we're your neighbor. So that puts kind of a target on our back a little bit, right? Like people are saying, okay, especially other companies that aren't following the rules. They're like, oh, this guy wants to brag about how great he is. We're going to drive by and catch him. But uh, luckily, you know, my team is really, really participating and, you know, playing along. So. You Social are pretty, media. Yeah, that's, I was just going to go there, Paul. You, you're pretty active on there on Instagram. If, if our listeners, we'd highly recommend you follow uh, Ekman. Where, how do they find you? Uh, Instagram, it's at Ekman underscore construction. Um, uh, LinkedIn, it's, it's my personal LinkedIn, uh, Stacy Ekman, uh, E-A-K-M-A-N. And uh, Facebook is, is, just, is just Ekman Construction. And... Uh, that's where we're at. We're on TikTok, uh, but we're, uh, I don't even know my tagline there yet, but we're, we've made a commitment <laughs> but you're there. to, 
to get there and get that going. So we are on TikTok and uh, you can probably find me if you, if you look close enough, you'll find me. We'll put a link to those in the show notes as well. You can find the show notes at buildertrend.com slash podcast. So make sure you give Stacy and his team a follow there. And uh, let's talk about TikTok. Let's take a quick deviation. Uh, what was it that made you jump on the platform? I'm a huge Gary V uh, follower. Uh, I believe in what he says about, I think that he think well, Gary knows a lot about a lot of things and he believes he knows a lot more about a lot more things than he probably even does. I mean, he's a real confident guy, but if he knows something, in my opinion, he knows how people react to social media. Um, so he started talking about TikTok, you know, a year ago or whatever it was. And uh, I got an account and I started following and I thought, man, how, you know, like everybody, you're like, what do you, I'm going to start dancing now and I'm going to do <laughs> all this weird stuff. But the reality is, is, is you don't have to do it like everybody else. You can do it very similar to Instagram, just more videos, you know? Um, and then it's just as attention, you know, I want, I don't want anybody, you know, in my opinion, these people that are on TikTok now, that I think the majority are probably younger folks in their 20s, right, early 20s. Um, they might not be building a house now, but someday those people are going to build a house. And if TikTok is the platform that they've chosen to be their number one platform, then when they go to look for a contractor in 10 years, if, I, if I'm not there and don't have a, a decent following and good engagement and all of that, then, then I lose some credibility. Uh, because of the 20 year olds that are starting construction companies, they're going on TikTok, right? So I don't want to miss the boat. And right now, attention is is cheap and easy and and you know it's free. There's no cost to to just gain that following. So let's you just want to get that group of following there um, early when it's easy. Uh, because as we all know with Instagram, um, as the algorithms get more and more difficult and Facebook with, you know, everything getting more and more difficult. And when they're trying to monetize more, which makes it a little harder to be visible to people that don't already know you, um, it starts to get harder. So you want to get in early when there's a lot of, a lot of eyes. So that that's why we're committing to that. It's good stuff. Maybe we could uh, give a quick background on your company just because obviously if somebody doesn't know, if they're not following you on TikTok yet, they should, but maybe you can give them a quick little rundown of, you know, give us a, how many projects you guys do, what's your team look like? Uh, we are a custom home builder, large scale remodel company um, based in, in Seattle, Washington. And it, we, you know, kind of our thing is, is we're a little more high, high touch uh, customer focused than a lot of other companies. So, you know, what that means is our, our project managers are, you know, quality, quality human beings, um, more uh, personal with the client, a lot of communication, which we use Builder Trend for. I mean, it's, it's really helped us with that. Um, but, you know, we, the typical, you know, the way our company runs is, is um, you know, there's, there's me who does mostly sales um, and runs the company. And then we have general manager, uh, and pro and production manager is, is Jake. Um, he's kind of my right hand. And then we have, uh, 
a small design team, but we're architect driven. We're not a design build firm. And then we have project managers, carpenters, or lead carpenters, carpenters, and, and laborers. Uh, we do some in-house, but um, I think, you know, it's probably about 80% of our um, stuff is, is subcontracted out. Uh, we do between, depending on the size of the projects, usually between 10 and 14 projects at once is, is what we have going. Um, our average project size is, uh, you know, about six, 650,000. So uh, what that really means is we do some that are quite a bit more than that, but we do quite a few projects uh, that, you know, that are just a couple hundred thousand dollars, especially for past clients um, and, and stuff like that. Um, that. That's about it. Yeah, uh, we, that's how we do it. That's a good rundown. I like that you mentioned the past clients there, because obviously that means then they've had a good relationship. You want to continue that relationship with them and there's value in that for you, right? And how you treat them and, and continuing that relationship with them. Yeah. We sell to people that are one of two things. They're either, they've hired us before and they trust us, believe in us. They, they, they trust the experience. Um, or we sell to, I think the majority of our clients are people who have, done large projects in the past, but with other companies uh, where they've gone out and they've gotten three bids and they picked the most affordable one. And it turned out to be the same cost as the most expensive one by the end, you know, and um, they had, didn't have a great experience. Uh, we really, we try hard to sit, not only sell the experience, but del deliver on the experience of the project. So uh, we often get people who have had a terrible terrible experience in the past, they, they come to us for their next project, uh, which I think is, you know, says a lot about who we are. Absolutely. Yeah. How, how do they get that message? When you, when you look at lead gen, um, can you just kind of take us to, if you guys look this deep, sort of where your sources are coming from? So like how, what percentage is rewins and, or, or past clients and what percentage is new? Well, since we do such, I don't have the exact, um, right numbers but since we do such large scale projects for the most part uh past clients they're not that many um but every past client who does another project they, they work with us again um but you know we figure that they won't be ready for us for another house build or another remodel for you know five to ten years at the earliest so um we do get some of that but i think you know 90 percent of our leads come from architects. So really who I'm selling, who my customer is when I'm out trying to drum up leads, it's, it's architects. So uh, that the way we continue to keep architects, you know, in, uh, in our back pocket is we provide, they recommend us to a client. We provide a really good experience for that client. And then of course they're telling their architect, it was great, you know, we, we try our best to make the architect look good. Um, never throw the architect under the bus. You know, we understand mm -hmm. that they are our client, right? So um, that that's how we continue to get leads is, is I work the architects hard. I would just assume you would just bribe them. Right <laughs> it's a little tougher than that. When I first started, when I was, when I first started and I wasn't doing the cool projects that I wanted to do, like I knew a couple of architects that, we're kind of my friends, you know, a little bit. And I mean, a couple of times I just asked, like, do, do, do guys just pay you 
to send work? And um, the answer was no. And it was kind of almost offensive to them. So I, I quit bringing it up. Right. So, uh, I think that ultimately, especially in our market where there are, there's plenty of work to be done. Really what those architects want is they want to know that if they send a client to me, I'm going to take care of them. They're going to have a good experience and we all get a referral out of that later. You know, we get, yeah, the architect was great and the builder was great. Um, that That's where the value is to those architects. Yeah. Hey, on a serious note. So if you were, if you're listening to this right now and you're trying to build relationships with architects, what would you give them as far as starting points and tips to do that? To get kind of going, I did a lot of, of, uh, undesirable projects. So I would stop by architects offices that I really wanted to work with. And it takes more than one time stopping by more than one phone call. You just stay at the stay just on the tip of their tongue. Don't let them forget you. And then at some point they get to a spot where, you know, every architect has their three or four contractors that they like to work with all the time. And so the way you get into that is you have to be the contractor that's not only available, but willing to do a project that maybe one of their other our contractors aren't, aren't willing to do. Um, and so you just stay at the top of mind so that when they have that basement dig out that they're big time builders don't want to do, or they were all just too expensive and the client can't do it, or they're just too busy. You know, it always, it, it almost always happens on, like on that phone call where they say, Oh, Hey, you know what? I, I actually do have something you can look at, you know, no, I, I can't find anybody to do it or my other guys are too busy. And then that is your chance. And you show up on that project and you're probably, you know, likely to not make the money, the margins you should make. But I mean, that is the cost of marketing to that to that architect is he has, you know, maybe he's in a bad spot. Maybe he's told the client that, yeah, I think you can get this done for $400,000 and all the builders are saying, you know, there's no way. Um, now, I don't ever recommend like intentionally losing money. Um, don't lose money, but you might have to sacrifice a little bit um, just to uh, really show up and, and gain that spot with the, with the architect. I've done that, you know, m many times in my career is we take on a job that nobody else really wants for whatever reason. And, and you have to put your, the challenge with that is you have to put your project manager, your kind of superstar project manager on that job instead of on the job that is going to just, you know, he, we're going to kill it on supposedly, you know, like you have to pull him off of the really good job and put him on a job that, um, is not quite as attractive or sexy, but, um, you know, that's, that's how you get them. Cause then the architect's like, Whoa, that was great. You know, that, that was a great experience. We're going to, and then, you know, they, then you're on that list, you know, somebody else. That's, awesome. on. that's great advice. It makes sense. So, you know, do some cold calling and cold stopping by to start, introduce yourself, make sure you present yourself the right way. Did, did you ever think about, um, you know, your brand, like in those early days, like how you present yourself to somebody like this is who I am and this is how I'm unique in construction or was it just, I'm here ready to do quality work for you? 
No, so I mean, yes and no. Um, thinking about my brand, no, not necessarily. But I understood that uh, there's kind of a disconnect in construction with uh, uh, communication and having all being very organized and having everything put together. Um, now, looking back on the first time I walked into I remember a, a architect that I work with, we work with a lot now was, is, is Ryan Rose designs. Um, they do really cool stuff and we, we do a lot of their work. And I remember the first time I walked into their office, you know, looking back on it, like it's, it's laughable. Like I showed up with a binder, a project binder that, you know, had all, it was before we were builder trend. It was before I was, you know, I mean, I was, I was building fences and decks, you know, like I was barely just getting going. Um, but I had a binder built, but I was using it as a project binder and it had quotes and estimates and all the information in there. And I went in there and showed him on his desk, you know, and like, I was really proud of it. I thought it was really, really cool. And I can imagine, I mean, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, a, a nice architect's firm, you know, I can imagine when I walked out of there, they were like, huh that guy, you know, who's he, you know, I was a kid. Um, but then another call and another call and another call. And I ended up doing a basement dig out for them. That has been a great, I mean, the client loved it. Had, they had a great experience, the architect. And, and since then, you know, I've worked with Ryan for, you know, years now, a lot of their work. So it's really just putting yourself out there and, and trying, just, just trying. And maybe you look kind of, kind of funny at first and people think you're not ready and ultimately like that is also happens a lot is is or used to happen a lot is I'd talk to these architects and they'd say man you're not really ready for this type of project but you know keep stay in touch and I'll be watching you you know and now you know I work with those people because now now we're ready and at the time of course I was like offended right like bah no way I can do it but looking back like Thank goodness I didn't I didn't get some of those jobs. You know, I would have fallen on my face. We wouldn't be here now. So yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great insight. I mean, that's very valuable for people who are at that stage right now, which I think, you know, there's always a revolving door of new construction companies starting up and they're just there's no real good game plan out there or playbook. So that's one that I, think I would the thing that they sure. that everybody needs to remember when they're doing that is the time to get new architects and to find those those new leads is when you don't need them. It's when you're really, when everybody is really, really busy because that's when they go to a new guy or a new company because their go-tos are, are too busy. If you wait until you're slow and the economy slows a little bit, it, it's too late because those three or four guys, companies that they've worked with in the past, they're available. So they just don't need it. So making the time which is a real challenge for you when you're small because when you're small you're do as the owner you're doing so much that you don't have you don't feel like you have time to put a clean pair of jeans on and like a decent shirt because you've been like crawling around under a house you know trying to <laughs> dig it out or whatever you're doing you don't feel like you have time to like stop by in the middle of the day of an architect's office find somewhere to park in the city of seattle like it seems like a daunting task and then to think I'm just going to go in there and I'm, you know, it, what am I going to get out of this? You know, uh, it, it, it can really wear you down, but the time to do it is, is when it's, I mean, it's really similar to like 
borrowing money. You go go to the bank and ask for money when you don't need it, because when you need it, you're not attractive to 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 lend to, right? Like you want to yeah. you want to you want to secure those relationships when you're when things are really busy. It's Makes a long sense. game, yeah. That's good. Exactly. I'm curious. Speaking of long game, so so give us more background here. Your father was general contractor. Did you end up taking over the business? No, that's not the case. So I'm from Eastern Washington originally. I'm from Yakima, Washington. Dad was a contractor there, but was his own his own deal. Not not. I started my own when I moved over here to Seattle. So the answer to that question is no. But I did grow up around construction and um, spent you know some time on job sites. Not not you know i played a lot of sports and so i was i was really busy and dad was um determined that i would not become a contractor life's too hard it's, it's a struggle you need to go to school you need to you know blah 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 so i i didn't i didn't learn a lot about construction as a kid um other than you know we were always building something around the house and you know i would help with that but uh, then when i got a little older I think it was after I got done at community college, I moved back home and um, started working for dad. So I was, you know, early 20s. I started, I worked for dad for a couple of years, a uh, few years, and then um, moved over here to Seattle when I was 28, 29. And, and you know, did, had no intent intention of starting a construction company. I actually moved over here to not do construction. Um, and then next thing you know, I was doing fences and decks for friends on the weekends and ended up kind of getting myself in a weird predicament with a, with a big project that um, I took on through a girl that I knew from church. And I didn't necessarily tell her that I was uh, not. I didn't tell her that I was like a contractor, but I also didn't really tell her completely that I was just like working for cash. And so she introduced me to her dad. Um, who turns out, you know, is a big, big name here in the city. And he had a project that he needed, he needed done at his house. And I, I sent him an estimate and didn't really hear from him. And I had given him a business card that said that I had, had made that just little Kinko's business card that said Ekman construction on it. And he called me like on a Tuesday and said that they were going to Italy uh, for three weeks. And he wanted me to come and do the work while he was gone. And I said, okay, great. And he said, I'll leave a deposit check um, on the counter, keys under the mat. I said, okay, great. And I went there to pick up that deposit check and get started. And the check was written to Ekman Construction instead of to Stacy Ekman. Um, so I had to I had to get a business license. I didn't want to look, you know, I didn't want to look foolish. So um, I hustled and got a business license and got it all figured out. And then once once I had done that, it was like, well, I'm here now. You know, let's 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 give it a shot. So it just kind of happened. That's a great story. It's a great story. <laughs> just got to go a, with it. And I mean, if it was, uh, if we had more time there, there's get, I was at a point in my life where, um, I wasn't the best citizen and, um, had not necessarily, uh, paid all my bills and done everything I was, I was supposed to do in my past. I was, it was pretty rough. And, getting that business license was a challenge getting a bank account i remember getting a bank account was just almost impossible and i mean i was literally in tears like i'm screwed i can't I'm, it's not gonna work and walked into one more bank and 
uh, met somebody and told them everything I'd done. Like I was like, just spent, you know, I tried all day to get somebody to give me a bank account. And, uh, the guy said, well, I'm the vice president of the bank. Uh, lucky I'm in town and I can, I can fix this for you, but we're going to go over here and I'm going to tell the assistant manager here to pull your name up. And if you lied to me about anything, you don't, you know, you don't have a chance. And, Pulled it up, and I mean, it was just as bad as I told him it was. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a savings account, no checks, no nothing. You do that for six months without screwing that up. Um, we'll give you a checking account with a debit card, and then another six months we'll give you checks in, in a company account. And I did that, and I mean, they're still my bank today. They're, I, would, I would never leave that bank. Um, That's awesome. That's it incredible. Was, it, was, it, was, it was quite a, quite a time in my life. <laughs> so, so starting off like that, fast forward all the way to the day, getting named Pro Remodeler 40 Under 40 Award. That's uh, quite the success story there. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been seven years since that happened. So it's been quite the, uh, you know, sprint I've, I've been going. And, you know, 40 Under 40 uh, Pro Remodeler, it was really cool to be named there. I, I think... Um, office manager nominated me and you know when i get those awards it's 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 exciting it, it feels really good and i think really the reason it feels good is because it, it kind of looks like okay you started this thing in 2012 and you're just like kind of by accident got a business license and then you went and built some fences and decks and then you know it just grew you rode the wave but i'm gonna put a lot of still now but not as much as it used to but i mean i put a lot of long nights all night working work all day in the field and then got to do estimates and got to look at contracts and got to do all the banking and got to do all the books and um just lots of long nights and so uh when i get one of those awards it it just is a little bit uh i don't know it just kind of justifies all that all that time i put in and you know my wife is great she she lets me work. She knows I'm passionate about this and passionate about business. And so she, she just lets me work as much as I want, as much as I need to. And so, you know, it, it kind of validates what I'm doing when, when I get one of those awards. So it's nice uh, to be recognized like that. But hey, yeah, it's been, you know, it's kind of surreal that, that it, things have happened the way, the way they have. Absolutely. Well, it's quite the incredible uh, story there. And uh, I'm sure we could I feel continue. like we only got a little bit of it. I yeah. know. I feel like we could Maybe continue we'll talking. Yeah, absolutely. We should definitely bring you back on in, uh, in a couple months just to see how things are going after post-COVID once we get back to, quote-unquote, the new normal uh, and then just sure. check out to hear hear more stories. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Anytime. Well, thanks so much for sharing your expertise and insight in the industry and just what's happening in, up in your area uh, with our listeners. Of course, we appreciate you coming on the uh, podcast, being a part of the Belgian family, and wish you continued success in your business. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on. Uh, you guys are, uh, it, it's a cool thing that you do, and I, I appreciate it. Thanks, Stacy. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate you. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.